Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This Actual Play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This Actual Play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Waste Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neuralithotep in our Kenya chapter. Uh, so as we'd like to do at the top of the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporter. If you'd like to check out what we have to offer, you can at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast and a special shout out to all of our new YouTube subscribers. So thank those of you who are subscribed to us on YouTube and are enjoying content there. We'd like to say a special thank you. And then if you mention in this episode that you've subscribed in the comment section on YouTube, I might send you something fairly fancy to one special listener. And now... I'll turn to introductions, which begin to my right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, I think we're still on the burning car. Yeah, I mean, burning is relative. Um, conflagration, possibly. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll, it'll all get sorted out. There won't be a problem. To Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I'd like to thank the Patreon last episode that, um, you know, stopped me from becoming a crispy crispy critter um with the empowered hand of fate so thank you and um it, it's a it's a hot time in the old city tonight and there's not even a there's not even a city nearby at at the end of the table this is jake i'm playing jack doyle and no we uh managed to get off the burning car and release it to its utter demise did it get did it get released yeah yeah I'm pretty sure. I think. Uh, I don't think that second strength roll get made. Oh, it didn't get made. Oh, well, then I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, to Mr. Doyle's right. Uh, this is Lonnie, and I am playing Robert Drummond, and I'm spending a lot of time in bathrooms lately. I don't know why. Incontinence, it hits us all at some point, Robert. To Mr. Drummond's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and I will help. I can't wait to help set Jack, uh, help Jack set a fire. Uh, not set Jack on fire. No. Have you been drinking, Doctor? Always. <laughs> and last but certainly not least. Uh, this is Alex playing saint Baron, for whom the uh, wrong train has often led to the right place, but anything can happen when it's set on fire. Yeah, and it has been. So to recap from our last episode, the first class car, which once was the, we'll just say, height of opulence of the train from Mombasa to Nairobi, is, um, well, it's going off, uh, it's, it's having a facelift, um, thermodynamically speaking. That said, um, recently, one of our investigators, Sam, has uh, breached the train window and has gone onto the and has spied up ahead a figure which seems to be standing on top of the train, their um, dark clothing ripping around in the wind, and the rest of the investigative party is trying to sort out how to keep themselves from all burning down, I guess, as this conflagration continues. Um, we were in rounds when when we last were in uh, session here. And so we won't directly pick up in rounds per se, because there's only one combatant at this point, and only one of you knows where they're at. Um, so I'd like to deal with that portion if I could first. Uh, so Sam, being that you are on top of this train and you have noticed a figure far ahead of you, uh, several cars ahead of you, what is your first steps? What are your, what, what's, what's the plan? Well, there's a couple points of concern. Um, it was brought to my attention by uh, one of my compatriots that they intend on, well, separating the car from the rest of the train, the one I'm standing on. So I feel like that's a problem I should probably solve first because last I saw Miss Lane was struggling with a pin and it's only a matter of time before either she grabs a crowbar or someone helps her out. So 
Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I am facing opposite. No, I'm facing. Yeah, I'm facing the front of the train. Mm-hmm. Traveling opposite the direction of the wind, so it's like worst case scenario for me now. Yes. So I'm going to do my best to. Uh, well, how fast are we going? If if I might, if I might ask, um, about seventy miles an hour. Jeez. Okay, great. So I will get really low and do my best to cover the distance between this car and the next without having to crawl. I, th- I think that's going to be a mighty, mighty heavy task given the um, circumstances. But I think it's reasonable that you might want to do that. And I'm going to say that there are two ways potentially you could accomplish this. I'm going to give you two avenues. Okay. One avenue to be able to move forward is a strength roll. That strength roll could either be at, I will give you the option at normal difficulty, which will allow you to essentially get low and maintain position and make at most half your movement forward. The other would be a hard strength roll, which would allow you to sort of exert the full physical capacity you have to make up a car's worth of distance and put yourself in position where you could at least be able to um, close the distance on said person, not get there all the way, but close distance. Sure. In the chaos, I'm not going to concern myself too much with whether they can see me. I mean, there's fire around me. I'm a moving figure. Like, stealth isn't really the option here. It's more about survival. And I'm going to presume, because to not presume would make me feel very sad, that they are going to have as many difficulties up here as I am. Uh, Hopefully, they're focused on their task, considering I believe the fire vampire was headed back in that direction, Mm -hmm. which is likely not part of their intention. So I'm hoping they're dealing with that. You said it had to be a hard strength roll to cover the car distance? Yeah. You know, let's go for it. We're going to go for... I'm going to assume again that my compatriots are competent and this car is going bye-bye. So I need to be off of it before I get left, I'll say, behind at the very <laughs> least. Right. You have to clear the first-class car, the dining car, and then get to their car. Yes. No no small feat, but I just need to get off this car first. One, one thing at a time. Certainly. Since I'm not crawling and I'm being brave about this, or foolish, whichever way you want to describe it, uh, my hands are free, right? Oh, certainly. So as I'm running, I would like to reach into, um, uh, basically reach to my belt at my back, and I would like to withdraw two uh, roughly foot length, I believe they're scepters. Mm -hmm. And as I'm running, I will cross them in front of me. And I'm going to make this roll. So that's a 37, which is not a hard success for me under my 55. Um, yes. So I can spend luck though, right? That's that's an option. Certainly, it's a, it's an ability roll. Yep. So so I would like to spend 10 luck, if I may. You may. To get that to 27, which would be a hard success under my 55 strength. So here's what I'll do. I will now place you at the front end of the first class car. I seriously thought you were going to say, and now I'll play a hand of fate to make you roll that again. Oh, I mean. Don't do it. It'd be cruel. <laughs> There's plenty. You have another car. You have another car to, to scream me over on. Okay. All right. So that's 27 under 55 with my with my spent luck. Can I do my best pitter-patter across the roof of this, roof of this flaming train? Uh, so that is something that anyone still in the first class car would hear you'd you'd hear the pounding on top of the uh, the car as someone continued forward now I'm going to flash back into the third class car with you Mr. Drummond having found that cut hole and mm-hmm. seen that flame sort of begin to come overhead of where you're at what mm-hmm. are you doing so like when you look up you see a flame that comes from what you believe would be the well, the third class car in the dining car area comes back overhead towards the front of the train. And it is this angry skull, multi-eye faceted skull that moves through here. I would like to quickly shut the door and start heading back the opposite way from where the fireball came from. I'm going to assume that wherever it came from, 
is where it was summoned from. So the summoner must be that way. Okay. You head back into the dining car then. Yep. All right, very good. Position check then for you, Mr. Doyle, and then you, Maeve. There's a fairly large pack of people in here, and if memory serves correctly, you, Miss Lane, were still trying to yank the second pin out, but had not been able to. So is that something you're going to continue to do? Well, I was going to call for Jack to come help, um, because I think Dr. Tried... So I was going to call Jack. Call him. Hey, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be right there. Can you help me with this, please? All right, I'll try to pull the pin. Okay. With with Maeve? No, I put her down. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you put Miss O'Shea, a little singed from the encounter mm-hmm. with the fire vampire. Um, you put her down like <laughs> on a bar stool in the, in the dining space and then turn and head back towards the car coupler. Uh, Doctor, you're watching this sort of exchange, um, and when Maeve is brought in, it's fairly clear that she has been, um, we'll just say, um, roasted a little bit, perhaps over an open flame. Doc really hopes that that doesn't make his stomach involuntarily gurgle with hunger because he hasn't had a chance to eat yet, and well, that would say a lot about his shift in character, but... Otherwise, he sets to work medically attempting to at least wrap and stop the pain of Maeve's burns. If he comes over to do that, then I'm just going to grab him by the hand and run towards... I'm trying to get to where I saw the fire vampire go. Right. Like, work on the run. (laughs) Okie doke. Okay, so the two of you are heading up and and the doctor's trying to assess your medical condition as you're like, you know continuing to sort of run through your um, burn wounds that you've taken. Very good. Very good indeed. Um, okay. So your spell work, your command, mm-hmm. right? You know only lasts for the briefest of moments. Yeah. It's a diversion at best. Right. Which seems to have at least for the moment functioned. Right. Um, Sam... You get clarity on this question shortly thereafter. And that is when this ball of flame does a 180 in air and sort of spins and then begins heading right back. Oh, hello. And so it was in third class. It will move to over. It's a, it's positioned now over the dining car. So are, are you saying that it's coming right for me? I am. Um, but what I'm going to do is give you a spot hidden roll at hard difficulty. You're a little distracted. I am. I am. Uh, let's see. 52, 52 out of 85. A hard success would be a 42. Yes. I don't want to spend another 10 luck. That's okay. I will fail. Uh, you won't actually. The Hand of Fate is going to make that a success by upgrade. Thank you, Hand of Fate, for not throwing me off this train. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Uh, and you watch as the figure who is on that third class car uh, leaps to the baggage car. How far is that? Um, Distance wise, it's probably about three meters or so. The, the actual jump between cars is probably about 10 feet. Was it like from like a standing jump? They just kind of leap. No, this was more of a slight hustle and then jump. Okay, okay. I just wanted to know if they were doing anything zany or whether it looked like. Because I mean, I've seen some pretty impressive jumps, right? Like I've seen a a a cat person leap, and that was zany. This isn't zany. So, this creature, as it gets over the dining car, Sam, you watch it settle. Like, it doesn't seem to to continue its forward momentum. Mm-hmm. It sort of settles lower. Gets right down on top of the dining car. I have friends on the dining car. There are a whole lot of people in the dining car. Someone within the dining car screams. And those of you in the dining car, which would be Doctor and Maeve as they pass through it, and then Robert as you're coming back into the dining car, mm-hmm. you realize that the top of the dining car is there's a big black circle that's beginning to appear 
as if uh, something's burning. Like something's burning on top of it and melting the roof? Yes, sir. From the other side? Okay. He begins to usher people out of the dining car, away from the spot, away from this burning area, because it's going to melt through and drop down on them. So, there's a fire. You, you must all get out of here. You're, there's there's a fire. Okay. You draw people's attention to it, and the first thing they do is panic. Well, yeah. Can I shout at it? You can't see it. That's the problem. Oh. If I lean out the window, can I see it? You don't have the angle. Now, if you were to get out a window and then climb onto the yeah, top no, of the train. Yeah, no, I'm not, that, I'm oh, not okay. that dexterous. I mean, let's be let's be honest, though. I doubt your ass would fit out a window. I would Winnie, Winnie the Pooh that shit. 100%. Jack, if you'd like to make a strength roll to decouple the first class car, you certainly I, I would indeed. Oh, that's not good. What you got there? Uh, 91. What is your strength? 60. Okay, so because the value of your strength is above 50, it is not right. a fumble, so you're okay there. It is a bad, it's a, it's a failure. Right, clearly. right, right. Um, I think I'm going to push it. Yeah, I know it could be really bad Okay, for so me. a couple of things. First, tell the audience how you're going to push it. Then, as a reminder to you, the player, failed push rolls are... I am going to uh, brace both my feet. So this will go really well if I fail. And um, pull with both hands. <laughs> that is a 42 under 60. Okay, so that's a success. That's a successful push, which is good for you especially. Uh, you pull as hard as you can. Something in your lower back twinges a little bit, but you find a way to pull through it and pull through the pain. And you hear sort of this grinding, grating metal sound as the pin finally comes loose. And so now the two security pins are have been loosed. And so the, the actual uncoupling can begin. It will take physical, physically separating the car, mm-hmm. but it can be done. Right. Yeah. That's going to be my next goal. Uh, so I guess we'll go back to Sam, who's, um, clearly making a way forward. Um, this car, as you can see down from your position, Jack is uncoupling this car. Well, that's that. So everything is going according to plan. It seems it does seem, but it does mean that you need to get off this car. Likely this round. I do need to get off this car. So, so I have, I have two, I have two options here. I could attempt to clear the gap and stay atop the moving train or try to make it past Jack into the dining car. Yes. Maybe if I dove past him, I might make it. Either way, I'm jumping for my life here. I think you are too. Right? Yeah, I think I think we're jumping. So it's likely going to be a hard jump roll given the yeah. conditions. Yeah. There are no fun rolls left. No. All right. So, Bass, protect me. I make a leap of faith, and I'm going to try to clear it and make it to the other side uh, and and stick the landing. Okay. I don't want to pick up my dice. They're just like sitting there. Okay. Let's do it. That is a seven mm-hmm. out of 77. Ooh, very good. That's an extreme success. So I'll rule this. Um, you clear, you step back a couple of steps and keep the scepters up, which is really important. That is what your extreme will give you so you don't lose your defense this round. And you you clear the space and land in a roll on the dining car, which is beginning to be set on fire. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Right. Does the does the fire demon vampire ugly monster seem occupied? Um, well, it was until a sound nearby clearly brought its attention. These things happen. They do. I'm satisfied. I, if I fail every roll from now on, I'm okay. I would like to test the veracity of that statement. Uh, and I'm going to do so shortly. Lillian, what are you doing? Now that Jack has pulled the pin... I was, say, I was watching Jack be a big, strong man and pull the pin from the train car. Um, 
Do I see the fire? I'm assuming I don't see the fire demon on top of the dining car. You don't because you can't visually get there, but you do see the ceiling of the dining car and the people reacting uh, to the the darkening textures that it's taking on. And then Sigmund telling people, hey, get, you know, get, get out, get out of the car. Well, then I'm going to go back to the barkeeper or whomever at, at the dining car um, and see if there's more water so we can take it with us. Yeah. yeah no, he, he, he actually uh, gives you a bucket and he says, I've, I put, I put water and ice in this. It's for champagne, but. Thank you. Yeah. You might want to get out of this car. So is the, actually I strike that I'm not going to move towards the next car. Is there a ladder on the back of the train car? The dining car? Uh, give me a luck roll. I got a 31 out of 77. Hard success. There absolutely is. Great. I point at the ladder to Jack because we're both. He's still standing at the entrance, yeah, right? Yeah, it looks like he's grabbed onto some of the um, raw, the, the steel um, railings that are back here. It looks like he's getting ready to push one, like, to try to push the cars apart. Yeah, I, I tell him Sam is on top of the train, Jack. Um, I'm going to go up there, and I have my my bucket of water. Your what? I'm going to go on top of the train. Sam's up there. I've got water. <laughs> Do you want to come? We'll try to save the train here. This is the second time that someone's trying to save someone with a bucket, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doctor, your uh, your legacy from from China lives on. Uh, I, buckets? What can I say? It's uh, handy. Okay, Lillian, you're going up the ladder. Yes, I'm assuming that's a climb roll. Uh, no, not at all. Huh. No, you have railings. You have everything you need to support you, and you have a. Your your dex is what ninety? It is. I think you're, I think you're agile enough to go up a ladder. Great. Um, I will say that once you get to the top of it and you begin acting next round, you'll be under certain um, constraints. Okay. Yeah, you'd get up to the top and you'd see you would see Sam uh, come standing up into a position, um, and looking ahead towards this ball of fire. Mister Drummond, you head back and you're now in. You're now sort of. In the dining car, trying to get around people who are trying to get to the third class car now. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to step to one side and let them pile through. Yeah, they um, do so. I'm keeping an eye on the roof. That doesn't look good. Is the roof covered in flammable material on the inside? The car itself, interior, is made out of wood. It's it's reasonably nice wood in the dining car. It's not opulent by any means, but. It's quite flammable. Oh, yes. It's made of a flammable material. The other thing that sort of probably taps into your brain is that the dining car is where all of the alcohol is kept. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run back behind the bar. I am going to attempt to find beer. Okay. And I will start trying to basically um, chuck the beer at the ceiling to at least wet the wood. So it doesn't immediately catch on fire. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, so you can, you pass the bartender who was behind the bar and you get into the bottles and begin finding beer bottles. Yep. And throwing them and shattering them against the ceiling. Yep. There's no role for it. It just adds to the chaos that's going on. That's fine. And so there's now sort of this um, beer shower that's being put on by, by Robert. You're not certain. If it's effective, but... Um, it's a good college mixer. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sam, uh, you rise to your feet with those scepters in front of you just in the nick of time as a blast of energy comes at you. Oh, my. You are going to make me an opposed power roll. Uh, that is a 12 under 45. Okay. I will also offer you a dodge roll if you'd like. You don't have the ability to fight back. No, um, but I would like... I'm going to go for the opposed power roll because I need more opposed power rolls. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um, the, the power roll is only part of their attack. Um, okay. So they're going to make a roll, as I've just done. Oh, okay. Um, and... Uh, 
You can make a dodge roll if you'd like. I would. I, I mean, if I don't, I feel like that's a bad idea. Yes. Um, so I would like to make a dodge roll. Uh, that is a 79 under 79. Oh, very good. Uh, I rolled a two. That's a lot lower. Yes, that's an extreme success for them, although they don't get any bonuses for extreme die rolls. That's good. That's great. Um, good for and you. So you do succeed on the pow roll, which means that the uh, magic draining effects that fire vampires have does not affect you. Well, that's good. This is a mystical attack, which is exactly what those scepters are made for. And ooh, yeah, you're probably going to need it. All right. Alex, roll, roll a d10 for me. Nine. Oh, very good. You take a point of damage. Oh, seven. You get you get singed. Um, also, the scepters get white hot. Like when they get hit by this mystical force, they glow up and your hands get singed like on, on your palms. Uh, I will take, I will, I will deal, I will handle. That sounds like a great trade-off. I'm okay with that one point of damage versus whatever I would have taken otherwise. Well, it would have been 10. Yeah, that's, that's bad. It's a lot of damage. Miss O'Shea, where were you headed to? Well, I am basically going to be on the edge of the third class car, Mm -hmm. right? That's the next one. Yeah. Okay, because I want to... Listen, because I know the caster is that way towards the front of the train. Yes. But we have the fire vampire here. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to see which one I can act on first. Okay. I can't see the fire vampire. I know I can't climb on top of the train. Is it going to get through the train? Then I can do something. If I hear some wonky shit going on at the front of the train, then I'll head towards the front of the train, if that makes sense. Not, I know it's a long shot that I'll hear anything through all these people and stuff, but, you know, if I hear screaming further up, I know something funky's going on. Yeah. Uh, it's most likely you're going to be able to hear uh, what's going on on top of the train versus hearing wherever that caster is, just based on sort of the way, the way sound works. Um, right. So, yeah. Well, and I'm... To be fair, I'm not too keen on going head-to-head with a caster alone again. I mean, it worked out before. Barely. True. Okay. So, yeah, you're hearing fighting on top of the train. Okay. Or you're hearing something. Right, but I can't. You can't make it out. You can go up the ladder. Oh, there's a ladder? Sure. There was a ladder on the other side of the dining car. Why wouldn't there be one here? It only seems fair. Yeah, but then I got to, like, step out of the train, hope that I can hold on to the ladder. Right. All right, well, I guess I'll try the ladder. Okay. You ascend the ladder. There's no roll for that. Nor sand loss, nor magic point loss. Okay. Oh, well, I thought there would be a roll for it. No. So I didn't no. fall. It's a, it's a piece of equipment, you know, right now there's nothing that is um, coming after you or trying to hurt you. If there is, then yeah, sure, we can have all sorts of, you know, dex checks or strength checks to hold on to ladders. But okay. there's no reason to muddy the waters with more dice rolling. Oh, okay. You climb up the ladder and you poke your head over a little bit and you see there's a big ball of fire that seems to be trying to vex someone over there. Okay. Um, how far away is it from me? Mm, it's at this point, it's probably... I only need line of sight, right, for dominate? Uh, you have to have the attention of the target. Okay. You have to be able to speak to it. I could probably shout over this. You probably could. Okay. Like Saruman on top of the tower shouting and shit? No. Yeah. I mean, I am a singer, so I know how to use my voice. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I was going to shout at it to extinguish. Oh. uh, I don't even know if it can do that. I don't know if it can tell itself to go away. Tell you what. It's a what a point of magic you spend, and you lose a sand. Yeah, no, it's one magic point, one sand, and it's a post power roll. All right, so make me an opposed power roll. You're gonna get up there and start shouting. Pow! That's a fifty-eight out of eighty-three. Yes. Um, you shout, and it turns, and it flares like really bright for a second, uh, and doesn't do anything other than that. 
but you've gotten its attention. Oh, great. Which is a fantastic thing. Jack, I'd like a strength roll from you if you're going to decouple these cars. I am. That's 25 under 60. No, hard, hard success. success. You push really, really hard. Uh, you, you're going to need some whiskey for your back at some point. Um, but you decouple the first class car and it slowly and sort of, you know, as a, as a funeral pyre would, it slowly begins to move away as the train continues its run. Good Lord, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to do Alex and then I'm going to do Morgan. So Sam and then Lillian. Okay. Uh, am I aware that? Okay. So I, this thing just struck at me. Yep. And tried to dodge and then took a hit. And then. Um, so in all of my wheeling, am I aware of the fact that Lillian is also on this car with a bucket? Somebody, somebody uh, is behind you. You know that. Okay. Uh, then I will. I guess I'll look over my shoulder because I don't like being surrounded. It's Miss Lane with a bucket. Okay. Uh, she has a very determined look on her face. Um, sh- there's not a doubt in my mind. And this thing turned? Like it's looking past me? You heard a, a, a voice on the wind? Mm-hmm. You're, you're not sure what it said, um, but it's definitely a loud voice. It, um, it has, we'll just say, amplitude. Okay. Then, uh, so question about the scepters. If I keep using them, do they keep working? As long, as long as you hold them in front of you, they okay. continue to defend you. Okay. okay. And I'm now, not putting them down Keep in mind yet. that yes. that's a D10 of defense per round. Sure. Okay. Right? It's not per attack. It's per round. Okay. So big, big difference. Sure. Then I, I will, I guess, um, nod at Lillian in, in agreement with whatever plan she happens to have. And I will attempt to... I guess clear the way for her target because I'm a man. She doesn't want to hit me with the bucket. Like I'm not on fire. So uh, I'm going to try to move past this thing. Is it like directly in front of me? Like, is it in the center of the train? Is it hovering off to the side a bit? Yeah, it's, it's hovering in the center of the train. Okay. You could likely move past it if you wanted. Okay. Um, because what I, what I want to do is basically pin it between us. Yeah. And kind of treat the scepters as a, you know, like a, like a repellent, if I, if I may, as just a kind of like bracing myself behind it so that I continue to be a threat. It just seems that at this moment, something else grabbed its attention and turned it away from you and Lillian. Sure. So, yeah, I'll get behind it. Okay. Um, I don't want to, I don't, I've never tried to hit anything with these and I don't want to break them. So there's not a whole lot I can do besides, uh, uh, impose upon its, upon it, upon it, really. Impose upon its space. Yes. How close are you getting? Till like it's warm. Okay. Like till, till I'm in danger of burning myself, basically. Okay. So movement rolls on top of the train are still going to apply. Okay. So you need to have the physical strength to move forward at this pace. Um, you can do so because you're only moving half the train. You can you can roll a standard strength roll to continue to move forward because you're not trying to move a full length. No, I, I just want to get behind it. All right, that's a 48 under 55. That is a success. Okay, you move forward until it gets warm. And buddy, does it get warm. Um, it's like standing inside the ring of a bonfire. You can feel the ambience. Come on. Let's go, you smoking bastard. You realize something rather unsettling. The skull of this creature is not, would you say, have a front or a back. The entire creature, the entire skull, has eyes all around it that are big, like where human eye sockets would be. Mm -hmm. And then they're accented by smaller ones that ring around. And so you think it may see around itself in a 360 degree arc. Oh, that's great. That's, I mean, it is a, it's a ball. So sure. Yep. Balls can see. Now you see me. As you approach, it grins at you. That's creepy. Okay. I'll ready to dodge because it's probably going to swipe at me again. 
That's yeah. That's right, what I do. Lane, you have a bucket. This is what I need from you to move forward on the train towards mm-hmm. this creature to get within. We'll just say throwing space or um, dumping space, depending upon how you're going to act. You need to make a strength roll. Okay. I got a 25 out of 30. Okay. So you succeed. You can take half your move forward, which will get you into the threat radius of this nasty ball of flame. And then I would like to know how you're going to utilize the bucket. How low to the top of the train is the the ball of fire? It's about three feet off the... Okay. We'll just say the deck. That's the best way to put it. Then I am going to use two hands to grip the bucket and toss the entirety of it at... How many feet away am I from this? Uh, How close are you getting? Let's go with six feet away from it. Okay. So what I'll do is I will give you a hard dex roll for it. And this is the part you won't like. And that is... I'm going to put you at disadvantage for this Mm role. And the reason why is you are on top of a train, which is traveling at 70 miles an hour, and you are throwing water into oncoming wind. Okay. So excited. I don't need to spend luck because I got a 28 out of 90. (laughs) Ooh. Okay, so that's a hard success. Um, And so I will say that your bucket of water, bucket of water. Okay, so roll 1d3. I get a one. Okay. You splash this thing with a bucket of water. It sizzles. Is it still on fire? Oh, yeah. Oh. I start backing up a little bit after that. I mean, did I did I make any dent in it other or no? Well, I mean, you, it, you, you I get hit wet. it with water. <laughs> um, you also coat yourself in water as all of that spray comes back at you. I'm a little I mean, protected It is. Yeah. That's the second time she's wet herself today. Yep. That's, yeah, that's we're continuing our wet t-shirt contest. Yeah, so I start backing up from the great ball of fire. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get to that. Promise. Oh, okay. Promise. You don't get to back away just yet. So, Robert, your work with the beer bottles seems to have done something because the ceiling isn't continuing to smolder at this point. You feel pretty successful, to be honest. Okay, so I'm going to assume that I also... Did I see Jack decoupling the other car? You did. He's probably coming back in, or at least he's in the doorway there at the back end of the dining car. I didn't see Lillian. No, you have not seen Miss Lane re-enter the dining car. Jack? Drummond. Where's everyone? I think they're on the roof. I want to try something stupid. I'm here for this. (laughs) Tell them to hold on. Oh, okay. I yell up, hold on. Because I wasn't before. (laughs) All right. You scream, hold on. Where are you going? What are you doing? I'm going toward the engine. Okay. So you're going to go towards the third class car. Yep. All right. Very good. Doctor, Miss O'Shea, uh, you tried to stick with her as best you could. Uh, She has (laughs) decided to go up a ladder. Um, It's not really giving you the greatest, most effective method of doing first aid. So you haven't really able to make any rolls there. Um, You have helped get a lot of people into the third-class car. And it seems like, for the moment, Mr. Drummond has stopped any sort of um, conflagrations here in this car. As I'm herding these, uh, as Doc's herding these people along, are we heading, we're heading away from the engine, yes? Uh, No, technically you're heading towards the engine. Fantastic. But you're heading, you've you've headed away from the burning first-class car. Yes. Which is now... A sweet, sweet memory. Right. Okay, so we are heading towards the engine. All right, then Doc, once he gets the people out of the immediate harm's way, and since Maeve has decided to remove the attention that he was, or the object of his attention, he is going to continue to press forward towards the engine and the uh, firebox area. Mm Mm-hmm. He needs to talk to an engineer. They need to know that there is a distinct possibility that their their train is on fire. Okay. Yeah. So we'll say um, in the interim time, you have made your way through that third class car 
and you have gotten all the way to the breach between the third class and the baggage car. Because you've had a little time. Yeah. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll as you get to that door. Uh, it is a hard success, 36 under 80. Fantastic. Uh, so you get to that door between the third class and then what will be the mail or the baggage car. And in the mail and baggage car, you see that window. You see a man's body pressed against the window. His throat has been cut and he's bleeding down his train uniform. And you see that half of his cheek and jaw have been ripped open and sort of exposed what is now an empty cavity where likely his tongue was once kept. Doc makes a definitive note that a bloody tongue has been removed from this man. Can he make his way into the car past him or is he jammed up against the door? Well, I mean, he's pressed against the door. You're not sure what's keeping him there. Perhaps body weight. Can Doc throw his shoulder into it? Try to uh, not not slam against it, but, you know, like put all of his weight against the door and push as hard as he can. Try to get leverage yeah. against it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you press hard okay. and the door finally gives. His body collapses against the floor where the steamer trunks were or are. Um, the, uh, the, the floor area here, of course, in the mail car is coated with blood. And Octaliba. there's a sort of strange and sickening symbol that's been painted into the floor here. It's a symbol you've seen before. I was afraid of this. Um, is this like a looks like a summoning symbol? Uh, it, it or is this more of like a group affiliation symbol? This is more of a group affiliation symbol. It's something you saw in New York. Yeah. Uh, Doc furrows his brow with uh, the closest he's felt to anger in a long time and immediately presses forward hoping to find whoever painted this and hopefully whoever summoned those goodness gracious great balls of fire you press forward back atop the train Miss O'Shea it looks like Lillian hit it with a bucket of water so it's gonna turn It, it has turned a little bit okay then I am going to yell at it to freeze. Okay, here we go. Oh, sweet. That is a 16 out of 83. Successful power roll. And so you feel your will press down back on this entity. And Sam, since you're the closest, um, you and Lillian, I suppose the two of you would also notice at the same time, you see it freeze like in place the wavering in its body doesn't move and you can see it just standing there or floating there. He's waiting patiently for me to give him an action. Mm. See? Um, but I'm not going to because I'm going to give Jack an action for Well, see, I'm not going to climb up on top because there's plenty of people up there already. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to push my way forward. Into the third class car? Yeah. Okay. So you follow Mr. Drummond mm -hmm. and um, you two get into the third class car. This is now where most of the concentration of the, the passengers are. Um, this is basically the, the first class passengers have pushed themselves into the third class compartment. And now this car is packed with people who are scared. Um, some of them are, some of them are wet. Some of them are singed. Some of them are just in a terrible, terrible way. And you can see at the far end of the third car, the you can see Doc, Dr. Tottenbach push himself into uh, the mail car. You, can, you can't see the rest of the scene that he has, uh, but but you that's where you're at. What you doing? That's all I'm doing is pushing forward. Okay. You press forward in the third car. You're both there for the moment. Uh, Sam. Well, we've been provided an opportunity to try to dispose of this thing. I don't have a bucket. I have a couple sticks, but I also have some other stuff. So I will seize the opportunity. Using kind of the opposite hands, I will push up my sleeves uh, on either side and flip my gauntlets into place. And I'm going to dig into this thing from, from behind. Okay. So here's how this is going to work. And this is sort of the interesting part, given that it's a melee weapon. 
Since Ms. O'Shea has frozen the target, it has no opportunity to dodge, right? So you're going to get a, a roll of a fighting brawl roll at advantage. Awesome. Because it, it, it can't dodge. Okay. So does that mean I can opt to use both then? You'd have. What are you going to do with the? What are you going to do with the? Um, the, the sticks. So uh, it, I mean, they're 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 punching claws. So I'm holding on to the sticks. You're just gonna I, hold I, on to sticks. I uncross them, um, and then flip the push my sleeves up and flip the blades into place, and I will. Yeah, you can strike you twice. can use both of them, but there's not second. There's not multiple rolls there without disadvantage for taking multiple strikes. So I know that there's disadvantage multiple attacks, but since I have advantage, I'm hoping it's a wash. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, because I I kind of want to stick it twice. I want to give it both. I don't know how I don't know how how robust this thing is, so uh, I will drive both claws into it. Go for it. Um, so it's just two regular rolls then. Yeah. Okay. Two regular rolls. So the first one is a seventy-eight under eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. And then the second is a twelve under eighty-eight. Twelve under eighty-eight. That sounds like an extreme to me. I, I, yep, I, that's an extreme. Yeah. I think. Okay, so that second is an impale. Okay, great. So these are D6s? Yes, because the old ones are D8s. So yep. um, I actually don't have my D6s, so I'm just going to go ahead and roll them into the thing. Um, so I'll roll like the first roll, which is a one. And the second one is six plus a D6 then, right? So 12. And do you have any damage bonus? No. Okay. Oh, so six. So yeah. So twelve plus one is thirteen. Yep. You swipe at it with your left the first, uh, and you feel it rake across the skull that is inside this living embodiment of flame. Uh, you also watch the claws for just the the slightest moment. Uh, you watch it change color, like it gets temperature wise. You see it move from orange to you know white and it you know kind of sort of rakes off the top of the skull and you reposition the the right and you come in with the hook and you puncture the center portion of this skull and it cracks down the center now the both of you need to make hard dex rolls as it pops I won't you just die my 48 does not get me a hard success. I need a 37. So I would like to spend 11 luck. Feel free. Because I'm not pushing rolls on top of this train. And Miss Lane? Um, I got a 93 out of 90. Okay, so that's a simple failure because of your attribute roll. Would Would you like to push that roll? I would, as a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to do what I need to, to to dodge out of the way and not fall off the train. I got a 55 out of 90. Okay, so that's a failed push roll. And as we all know, failed push rolls are bad. They are. So the dining car cracks in half. You watch it happen. It cracks down the center as this thing explodes after Sam hits it. Sam, for you, you do the best you can to get low, um, but you get pressed down into the center, and when the center of this car cracks, you fall into the dining car. That is a success, given the roll. Sure. Okay. Lillian, you get catapulted off this train. Can I see her? Uh, yep, there she goes. Can I cast Labitate? Uh, don't you have to touch the person? Oh, I do. Fuck. I tried. Um, you can cast it on yourself. Yeah, but it doesn't move fast enough for me to go catch her. It's very slow. So I basically was trying to, my thought was cast levitate on her and like feather fall. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll give you a spontaneous Cthulhu Mythos roll. Okay. Roll Cthulhu Mythos. And if it succeeds, while there may be um, unintended consequences, I'll allow you to cast it a version of it, which isn't touch. If it means saving her, because I mean, if she hits the ground at whatever speed she's going at, then we're going to have like Gibby treats. <laughs> nope. 
That's a 76 out of 45. Okay. Lose two points of sanity. Okay. For the attempt. Um, Miss Lane, you are catapulted off of the train. You feel a force try to hold you for just a second. Perhaps it's gravity. Perhaps it's something else. And you probably fly about 10 to 15 feet outside of the train's actual space and area. It isn't the um, horizontal, which is as much of a problem. It is the vertical. So to deal with that, again, thrown from the train um, and you fly into the grasslands. I try to tuck and roll it as, you know, with the ground coming. So Lillian, you land hard in a very uncomfortable way. Um, Mostly um, you land leg first. And when you land, you feel your knee impact your skull. And it drives you into unconscious. I'm going to deal you 24 points of damage. Oh, sweet. I only get 15. (laughs) So you have a choice here. Um, So that obviously kills you um, if that's what you want. Nope. Uh, you can choose, if you'd like, to spend all of your luck and avert death. You must have 30 points to make it happen, oh. which is why it's called the Dirty 30 Club. So I got to spend all 77 luck to to save yes, myself? to survive. Yes. Yeah, might as well. That's where we'll leave you for the moment, Lillian. Sam, you you do the same. You do, you do what you said you would do. You utter a prayer to Bass in hopes that she would survive. Because that's, that's what's the first thing comes to mind is please, please don't let anything bad happen to her because you don't see her. Doctor, ahead on the train, hmm. as you move past the door and get near where the sort of the end of that mail car goes, you see a figure uh, between this, the current car, the mail car, and sort of the Tinder car. Hmm. It's still dark out it's it it rained a little bit earlier um, but in the moonlight that's here you watch a figure leap from the train doc throws a prayer that it wasn't one of ours and that if it was they land softly and roll because he doesn't know a lot about injuries at this velocity as this is a fairly new velocity for him so Mm -hmm. He makes note of the countryside immediately out the window when he sees it so that he can hopefully try to figure out roughly how far or whereabouts it happened. Wonderful. And I think that is a perfect time to end. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Masks of Neolothep. We greatly appreciate your listening ears. Thank you and good night.